Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. What matters most to you? Okay. Nice job, Pastor. What matters most? I mean, I've been asking that question a lot coming into this day. I get the opportunity to wrap up our Stay the Course series, and we're talking about what matters most. What matters most to you? Uh, Somebody um, this week said, well, my family. I mean, logical, right? That matters. And uh, I asked three out of four of my kids, because I didn't see one until this morning, um, what matters most? And one's like, well, duh, Jesus. I'm like, right on, good job. One said God, and I'm like, yay, two out, of, two out of three. And the other one, who may or may not be sitting on the front row, said living. Okay. I said valid point, right? So anyways, living. Yeah, I like to breathe in and out. It's a good place to start the day, right? So there are some things that matter most, but I think unfortunately in the culture and climate of the last year and a half, we have so much opportunity for distraction to happen. Can I get an amen? And if you don't, If you aren't distracted, I want you to lay hands on me after service and help me fix my mind. Because there are a lot of things that matter, and it doesn't, it isn't that those things don't matter, but it's overriding what matters most. The very thing that we profess to know and love and really the outflow of our lives and give it away for is Jesus. It's that we are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world, but is heaven. And we are the ambassadors. We're the hands and feet right here on this planet until Jesus pulls the purse strings on it all and wraps it up and says, we're done. But you're the delivery method. You are the A plan for the gospel to go out. The gospel of Jesus Christ, not the gospel of 50 million other things, right? No, it's Jesus. It always points to Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about the cross. Where he, where he paid it all and took care of it and said, hey, forever with me. And there are a lot of people that still need to hear that, amen? So as believers, if we can truly submit to the process and allow Jesus to work in our lives and through our lives, we can be rich in good works. We can be generous like the Father, right? How many of you got kids always asking for your money? Grandkids, Tommy, amen? I mean, like... Shelling out dollars. Average cost several years ago was $250,000 to raise your child. There you go. I don't even know. I'm hoping for some return on investment later when I can't walk. Amen. <laughs> but, and this is the other thing that we'll always be ready and willing to share the gospels, or to share the gospel, the gospel. There's lots of gospels running around. There's one that matters most. Always being willing to share the gospel at every opportunity. And I, I often think back to Acts. Because there's this beautiful picture in Acts chapter 2 where they grasp this concept of what is going on is super important. And the outflow is this awesome return on investment when they realize it. But Acts 2.42 says this, And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous uh, signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those that were being saved. Sounds like that matters, right? I mean, they got the concept of, hey, we're under this crazy Roman oppression, but there's one thing that matters. His name is Jesus, and we're going to keep doing the things we know we're supposed to do and let it change our lives and let it change the lives of those around us. We're going to be outward bound with the gospel and not just hang on to this really good news and keep it close. I'm going to tell somebody about it. We were talking in foundations this morning, man, go and tell somebody. Love God, love people, go. Pretty simple, right? How many of you ever overcomplicated that process? The rest of you are not truthful in your... But there is that opportunity to not... But they just lived it out. But if we live that way, I believe we'll truly honor Jesus in everything that we do. And our lifestyle will show and reflect Jesus in a way that this world desperately needs to know. How many of you know somebody who needs to know what matters most? Yeah, you can think of that person right now and you're like, yeah, that person definitely needs, needs to know. So, church, stand firm. Extend mercy. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Amen? That's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Stand firm. Extend mercy. Act right. Lead well. Take the true over the false, right? And then we live to give. Everything we've been given is, is to be given away. Honor. I don't know if that exists in culture anymore. I'm still looking to find it. Can I get an amen for that one? Honor. What does that look like? Well, we're going to go to the text today and we're going to read that a little bit. Honor, honor is not just for a certain group of people. And Paul's pretty clear here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to read pieces of this. I'm not sure how much I'm going to... Read through, but I'm going to start and we're going to, we're going to kick it off there because honor is key and how we allow this process of Jesus molding us to honor other believers. You know, maybe you look to your left and your right. Well, you're like, it's easy to honor that person. I, I care for them. They're a part of my church community. But what about your coworker who doesn't believe in Jesus, who constantly seems to be anti what you're about at every breath and thing and stuff that you do at work? What about that? I'm going to kick off in here at the beginning, chapter 6. All slaves should show full respect for their masters so they will not bring the shame on the name of God and his teaching. If the masters are believers, there is no excuse for being disrespectful. There's your non-out, if you will. Those slaves should work all the harder because their efforts are helping other believers who are well-loved. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching but these, are, uh, but these are the wholesome, wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments, ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Some of you know those people. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs to the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Yet true godliness is contentment, uh, with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we are, we are brought uh, into this world with nothing and we can't take anything away. He who dies with the most toys, guess what? Still dies. Okay, you're not taking that stuff with you is what Paul's trying to say. 
So if we have enough food and enough clothing, let us be content. I'm going to skip to verse 11. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. How many gospels? One gospel. Say that. One gospel. There's one gospel. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God who lives life to all or who gives life to all and before Jesus Christ, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until the Lord Jesus comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the, bless, by the blessed and, and only almighty God and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He alone can never die. He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives them all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money for good. They should be rich in good works and generous to all those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as good foundations for their future so that they may experience true life. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted. Insert your name there. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. <sighs> now it's 20 verses, but it'll set a good context for that. But honor, honor those around you. I mean, Paul is addressing slaves here who are working under hard conditions, right? They're maybe getting some meals, but they got hard days. And he says, hey, honor your master. Honor your boss, Jesse. Amen. Honor, honor those around you that in the context of this community. Honor the checkout person who checks out your groceries and, and scans them with or without great joy. I mean, it goes either way, right? Honor, extend love and the grace so that we look like Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. In every interaction relationally, no matter where you land, where you are, outside the four walls of this church, be like me. Speak like me. Honor like I honor. Kids, where are you at? Okay, there's six of you in here. Awesome. This will be great. Ephesians chapter 1, again, because it says what? Hey, kids, I'm going to paraphrase, honor your parents. Because if you do, you'll have a long life. I love the promise on the tail end of that scripture. I used to like lovingly challenge my kids and say, hey, you know what the other half of that scripture is? What? It says your life will be short. Anyway. <laughs> but that's the legitimate promise. If you honor your mother and father, it'll go well with you and your life will be long. And on the flip side, Paul says, and if you don't, it'll be short. I'm going to choose long life. Can I get it? Yeah, amen, kids. On the flip side, parents, it says, hey, don't exasperate your children with everything you think they should do and how you should do it. I sometimes suffer this. Thank you. Can I get an amen? I am. 
I'm serious though. Like it says, hey kids, honor your parents, but it also says, hey parents, love your kids, extend mercy, teach them about me, love them like I would love them, even though you just want to shake them. Right? Rowdy, amen. See, I see that. Paige is only two people away from you. But love them anyway. Encourage them with this because this matters most. This matters most. When you invest this in your kids, what is the promise? It says if you will invest and teach and talk about these things and honor your kids, even when it might not be going well, that later when they wake up to go, oh my gosh, this thing's really real. It says that you will be, have invested enough that they'll remember and they won't walk away. Right? How we live this out and we honor each other matters. And Jesus is really passionate about that. Romans 12.10 says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. It's not always easy though, right? But it's good and that would be what would honor the Lord. Man, come, come Sunday night starting in September, Cultivate's gonna be launching. Learn what it is to walk in right relationship with a living, loving God and then walk in right relationship with the people who are around you. Amen? Because we want right relationship, right? We do. But we also want to be right. I struggle with that. Scott and Nate and I constantly challenge each other. Well, do you want to be right? Well, I'm right. I know you're right. But do you want to be right or have right relationship? Well, shoot. I want right relationship, right? I mean, I don't want all my relationship in strife and brokenness. I want to be connected in the right way. I want to honor those around me and honor the leadership that God has invested and placed in my life that it can be a blessing, right? It's not always easy. 13 years of ministry this year that I've been doing ministry with this guy down here. And I tell you what, it has been an honor to serve underneath this ministry. Amen. It's the, it's the blessing of what it is when you just go, here's all the stuff. And he goes, yep, I'm good with it. And you walk it out together. We honor each other. We prefer each other. And then the Lord goes, yeah, and I'm going to bless that. That looks like me. I'm going to honor that. That looks like me. I'm going I'm to grow, grow that church. That looks like me. I'm going to pour out my spirit in a deeper, more profound way and watch what I'll do when you honor and love each other because it, it reflects Jesus. Teach the word. Have you gotten enough of that lately? I mean, this series has been great. Teach the word. And that's, that was Paul's challenge to Timothy in 6.2 is, Timothy, hey, by the way, don't forget, preach the word. Well, you're talking about social justice and you're talking about relationships and, and the sanctity of marriage and all. No, preach, preach the gospel. Preach the word of God because out of that comes everything else. Amen. I'm telling you, when looking at this climate and man, I, I love people genuinely across the board and like all these social issues, do they matter? Yeah, but it doesn't matter most. Because the deal is this, if our hearts are submitted and right, we're going to be able to sit down with people who are going to have hard conversations and we're going to love them well. We're going to extend mercy when maybe they don't deserve it, right? We're going to love well because we're going to be coming from a great foundation into what it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength and love others as yourself. And I know you love yourself. You got up, you combed your hair this morning. I cut mine. You put on some cologne so your wife can, you know, not smell the B.O. that's coming from you. But we come and we show up, but we show up because we want to reflect Jesus, man. I'm going to show up. This might be a hard conversation, but I'm going to love you through that because it honors Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, do this, because by doing this, they're going to see me. 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. I think that's where I'm going. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. You get to that 13, you're like, that's not where I was going. Verse 1, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I'm going to stop there. It, does it say, throw it in their face, hit them with it, and tell them how bad they are? No, of course not. It says with great patience, correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. Solid biblical teaching makes us more like Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit pours out on that and, and stirs the coals of our hearts and we act different. We speak different. We see different. We love people well because the word of God changes us. When we share the gospel, is it with right motivation or are we looking to get something from it to show us if we are studied enough in this, you know? Well, where'd you get your Bible degree? I'm like, nowhere, church. Okay, I'm just, I'm being honest. I dove into this. I've, I, I loved this word. This word transformed me and changed me by the power of the Holy Spirit. This word, I, I, I love this word. And I want to love it more every day. Pastor Scott preached a while, a while back about, I want to love this word. I want to love it more. I want it to be my warm blanket that points to truth and points to Jesus and helps me to look like him in every interaction that I have. So that's why we teach the word. And we don't get it confused with 50 million other things that don't talk about Jesus. And really those discussions will probably end in fruitless uh, a fruitless end. There's not going to be anything good because you're going to have to agree to disagree. But man, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me, let me talk to you about how he transformed and changed my life. And it says right here in his good, holy word. Talks about a lot of good stuff. Could I share that with you? Because if our motivations are wrong, it won't line up well. We need to preach the word, not our opinions. Amen? If it's not in here, then don't make it gospel. Amen? We need to preach the word, not our opinions. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit, not be the Holy Spirit for somebody. Right? They need to hear from God. We want to have anointed and life-changing times together as we worship so that when we go out there, we'll have something to give away. We just don't want to give good talks from this pulpit. We want to share the word of God with you and challenge you with the word of God that you would walk away going, man, I got something to do this week for the kingdom. Because if we do that, then we can live out selfless godliness. That's confusing. Say that three times really fast. Because if we do that, we can live out selfless godliness. We can be content with where we're at and the things that we have been given by a God to change this world for good, which is Jesus. We can live with contentment with what we have and where we're at. This kind of humility will keep you gospel-focused, Jesus-centered and spirit-led in your mission of reaching the lost with the good news, right? Philippians 4, verse 10. 
How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, because Paul's always having issues, right? I know that you've always been concerned for me, but didn't have a chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is uh, with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or with little, for I can do how much? Everything through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me strength. I can do all those things. How many, um, if you received everything you prayed for, you'd be totally motivated to go out and live out your faith? No. Because all you, what you really would become, if God answered every prayer and gave you everything you thought you needed, you would become a sloth for the gospel. That's what I think. Because we'd be like, man, my life is good. My family's good. Everything's good. Church is good. I don't know if I want to be challenged in that. I'm good. I'm just going to hang. Thank you for every prayer you've answered. I'm just going to live here. No, God doesn't work that way. He's like, nah, I'm not going to answer that one because I want to get you here for that person over there. I want you to live selfless, looking like Jesus so that the gospel continues to go out. We don't share the gospel with a personal agenda or for selfish gain. It's about the kingdom of God coming. Amen? But don't be confused. You are in a battle and your enemy is real. You're in a fight. So fight well. Look to the person to the left or the right of you. That is not your enemy. Sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, spouses. That's not your enemy. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is spiritual wickedness in dark places. It is the enemy of your soul who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour and he doesn't get to devour you. How much authority does the enemy have over your life? Nothing. Some of you are like, yeah, I feel like he's whooping on me this week. Good. Tell him that he's defeated. Tell him to kick rocks. Jesus says all authority has been given to you in the Great Commission or to him and now I give it to you. No. Shut your mouth. You don't get to lie to me about that. Yeah, okay. That's who I was. Thank you, Jesus. You've been transforming me as I'm inviting you into my life and the words washing over me and the Holy Spirit's transforming me. I'm honoring my leadership. I'm, I'm devouring the word of God by osmosis if need be. Wouldn't that be cool? I, I, I'm putting this in there so I have something to lean on and then I'm going to fight a good fight. I'm going to battle well. In verse 11 in our text today, Paul says this, Pursue these things, Timothy, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Does that sound a little bit like Galatians 5, through 25? I think it does. Let's look at that. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives when we pursue him and understand who he is and, and invite him to stir up those coals in our heart. He, he produces these things, love, joy, peace. Patience with your kids, kindness towards your spouse, goodness towards those who would even persecute you, faithfulness to God, gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. Abound in those. <laughs> I thought about that myself this week and I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing all those really well. Help me. I want to, right? I'm just being transparent with you. It's a challenge every week, but I'm like, Jesus, make me more like you. Because I want to fight, but I don't, I'm not fighting people. I'm fighting darkness, which I have complete authority and power over. It has no control over my life. I get to 
Squash the devil, shut your mouth in Jesus' name. I'm not listening to your junk anymore, amen? I love my wife. I love my husband. My kid is a holy hectare on wheels, but I love them. Help me, please. Teachers, you've had three bays back at school. You're probably ready to shake a couple. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Because don't be confused. There is an absolute war for your heart. There's a war for your heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flows springs of life or not, right? Contend for it. There's only one gospel. The social issues of this day and our societal struggles that follow are not gospel. Doesn't mean they don't matter. Don't hear me wrong. Saying they matter, but they also need to be submitted underneath Jesus, not over him. Amen? Amen? They very quickly become idols, and the things we rally to detract from the very ability for us to share this good news. Those things don't change the living word of God. And we don't change the word of God to appease people. We love them with patient, gentle truth. Amen? We don't affirm sin. We point to the fact that, hey, that's brokenness. I think I can help you. Come here. Let me, let me walk with you in that. We love people regardless of their faults, their looks, their affiliation with organizations. We follow the clear direction of his word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, not our flesh. Amen? You know, I, I know this too as I'm kind of coming in to a close here. You are rich. Say that with me. You, you are rich. Say this, I am rich. And you're rich because of what God has done in your life, right? And he's continuing to script that and write this. I know this. There is a harvest that is ready to come and that is coming into this church and other churches that rally to the gospel what matters most. Amen? God's doing it. I know you see it. I see it. I watch. I, I look at our membership things that go on. I look at things in the community and I'm like, God, you're doing something. It was last staff meeting last Monday. We were coming into the tail end. I had kind of already honestly mentally checked out as we were praying and, and coming to the end of the meeting because my mind started to go to the things that I needed to do. And, and in that time, the Lord gave me a very clear vision. And the vision was of a harvest. And this guy was walking throughout a... Uh, a stand of birch trees and he was tapping taps into the birch trees. And as he went down this line of perfectly trees, because you know when you have visions from God, everything's perfect. Anyways, it's perfect row. It's good for my OCD. And he's tapping taps into these birch trees. And I thought, well, that's cool. Birch syrup is an Alaskan thing and some other places, maple syrup for maybe some of you East Coasters. But he's putting taps in there and all of a sudden I get this close-up vision of this tap and this hand begins to turn it and he said, I am bringing a harvest like that will never be seen before. And I was like, amen. Bring it more, God. Bring it more. Your good news that you're sharing in this community is a part of this harvest that God is going to bring. What matters most in your life, if you keep pointing to Jesus, will bring people into a life-giving, eternal relationship where the rest of the junk of today does not matter. It doesn't matter. But in the light of Jesus, those things change. 
Love is given. Compassion is given. Grace is extended even where maybe you go, meh, I don't have to do that, but I'm going to choose to love you like Jesus. I'm going to choose to encourage you like Jesus. I'm going to speak truth, but it's going to be gentle and patient with kindness and grace. I hear you, but here's the truth of what this says. And we're not going to wiggle on that because it's good for us. Um, you know, man, that message really wasn't that super loving today. I, okay, maybe, maybe it's holy conviction God's bringing on your heart today. Or the last five weeks. I, I, I don't know. I know there's some things I've heard from up here where I'm challenged. And that's a good thing, amen. Conviction is good. What not as good is when you allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to become guilt, shame, fear, worry, and doubt. Those are not of God, amen? But that holy conviction when the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that thing, I want to deal with that. Will you let me? And you go, man, please. It's like a ton of bricks in there. Let the gospel be freeing to you. But I'm telling you, there is a harvest that is coming that's going to take this entire church to love God, love people, and then to go make disciples and to love the harvest that's coming. Six or eight of us or 20 of us cannot do it. Each and every one of you has been commissioned. Say amen. That means every one of you, when Jesus said, look, go be my disciple, make my disciple preach the gospel. He didn't say that to 20 leaders. He said that to the entire church. Be about my business. I'm going to do something. You're rich. God has invested much. And now he's saying, look, I want, I want some return on investment. Will you, will you rally with me? Will you walk with me? Man, that deep well of the Holy Spirit in you and the, your love for God and the word, I'm, I'm asking you to go and, and deposit that in somebody. I'm asking you to be invitational and intentional with the things God has placed in your life and let the incarnate life of Christ in you be invested in somebody else. That's simple discipleship. Invite somebody into a relationship with you. Take the richness of God that's been invested in you and then invest it in somebody else. Get excited, man, because in a global economy where the world looks like it's upside down, and it is, you're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people out there you're going to walk by today that are dying forever separate from him. Wake up, church. Look around. Because I guarantee this, God's going to give you an opportunity. Don't walk away and be like, oh man, I missed that today. God, please open up my eyes today. I want to see rightly and be on mission for you wherever I am. I want to love my wife more, my kids more, my family. This great church and community you've called us to be a part of. I want to be about sharing the gospel. Spiritually, there's a well deeper that we can never hit the bottom of if we'll just ask. Holy Spirit, today in these moments, help me. I'm going to read this. And at the end of the service today, we're going to pray for Afghanistan. We're going to pray for all the chaos that's going off because even though the geopolitical climate is a complete mess, God cares about those people, amen? Those are his, that's his creation that he's looking to be sons and daughters, every one of them. And they're going through heck and high water right now. I'm going to read this. This is from... An Israeli man, Amir Tatsfadi. I always mess up his last name, but that's irrelevant really at the end of it because this is what he writes when he writes this article and I would encourage you to read it. And if you want a link, I'll send it to you. But he, he, he lays out the climate of everything. But what I loved about this 
is I'm, as I'm working on what matters most and I'm prepping this message is exactly what he comes to on the tail end of this article. He says this, if you're already a Christian, be about your father's business. Satan has wedged his foot into the church so that rather than sharing the truth of salvation found in the gospel of Christ, remember the one gospel, we are attacking each other about vaccinations, masks, and shutdowns. As Christians fill up on social media comments sections with vitriol towards one another, the devil sits back and laughs. After Jesus was humbly, humbly washed the, the feet of his disciples, he said to them, by this, all will know that you're my disciples. If you, um, if you have love, how? For one another. That's John 13, 30, or John 13, 35. Once we show others that we are people of love, then we can tell them about the one who loved them enough to die for them on a cross for their sins. And as I close in this, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, by all appearances, the time is short. Let us not rest. Let us not be distracted. Let us not waste time sniping at one another. Let us be about the great commission. Love God, love people, go do something about it. Thus, if the Lord does continue to tarry, his kingdom will continue to expand. But if he should return soon to take us to be up with him, that friend, that relative, that coworker, that person you've been looking to reach with the gospel, that the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart, just might be joining you in the Lord, with the Lord to meet him in the air. I mean, how awesome is that? If we would take all the time that we're investing in so many other things that don't matter, that isn't gospel, how, how many lives would be changed? This is my challenge to you. I get it. I'm wrapped up and, uh, you know, wrapped up and all messed up, wrapped around the axle thinking about things too. I get it. I understand. I have kids. I wonder how that's going to play out for them. But if I spend all my time there, it's no good. It has no fruit moving forward. Jesus, what do you say? God, what do you say? Holy Spirit, how am I going to love today in these moments and times that I have? Because I want to be about your business. If all this is true, what I said today, and you should go and check it out. It's not the gospel according to Jeremy. It's the gospel according to Jesus Christ. If all this is true, will it change how we invest our time? Will it motivate how we invest our time, our talents, and our treasure? And how we rep the best news that the world has ever heard? Hey, this Jesus guy, I know that looks really bad, but did you know he came to die for you? Man, I'm sorry for your loss. I... I don't even understand what that's like, but I know the one who wants to be the comforter and the counselor and wants to love you through this hard time. Man, I know everything looks like a mess, but I think God still has good things in store for America if we can put our heads on straight and go, Jesus, I don't know, but I'm gonna tell everybody about you this week. Be the most generous, loving, patient people filled with the truth that the world has ever seen. And here's why I'm gonna close. Nine out of 10 people that you talk to about Jesus are going to listen. Especially in times like these. It looks hopeless, right? Can you imagine you don't know Jesus and you look at everything and you're like, I'm just going to quit now. I'm going to tap out. God says, but what if? Will you stand with me? What if? What if you took the gospel? What if you took what matters most and preached that? and talked about that 
and, and let that just be the outflow of your life. What if you did that? What if 500 people in between this building and all you watching online, what if this week you loved one? You reached one with the gospel. What if you did that this week and 500 people got saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ? I could go and talk about social issues all along and I'm probably just gonna get frustrated and mad about it, right? And it's probably not gonna help anybody any farther. But what if I reach one with the gospel this week and they get saved and they show up here and then they love God and then they love people and they take the gospel. It'll change Burnett County. It'll change Texas and the world if we remember what matters most, church. So God, as we worship, as we look at your word today and look at the challenges that Paul threw down to be rich in mercy and grace and love and the power of the gospel living in and through every believer, God, show us what that looks like this week as we change Burnett County. Show us what that looks like this week as we change the state of Texas and give us a vision for what it looks like to see such a great harvest come, God, that it points to the reality and love of Jesus Christ and changes the world for your glory, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.